Let's talk draft. The draft starts in Mobile, as they say about the Senior Bowl. Who are the big winners and losers from Senior Bowl week in Mobile, Alabama? Which quarterback is QB1 in this class? And the Jacksonville Jaguars have a new head coach. Thoughts on the hiring of Doug Peterson. Coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. We are ending the week with a review of the Senior Bowl. It's draft season for 30 of the 32 teams in the NFL, Matt. So let's talk draft here. Uh, your mock draft coming up next week as well. Talk about the, the rookie class that was in 2021 as we also talk about Super Bowl 56 and that tasty Rams-Bengals matchup next week and all the props and all the fun that surrounds any Super Bowl and definitely this one, Super Bowl 56. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. This episode brought to you by Get Upside. Just download the free Get Upside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. The Jacksonville Jaguars have a new coach, Matt. So before we talk Senior Bowl, we got to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars who have now officially hired. Names have been signed on dotted lines. Doug Peterson, Super Bowl winning quarterback Doug Peterson, is the next head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, um, my take on it is it's not super flashy or exciting, but you mentioned he did take a team to a Super Bowl, got a lot out of Carson Wentz along the way. I'm sure Frank Reich and others helped with that, of course. But um, really, my takeaway is pretty simple, is this organization needs an adult in the room. You know, I mean, someone that's been there and done it. And I think Peterson hits that. You know, I mean, he's a mature guy that's won some games has a pretty decent track record, you know, no shenanigans off the field or craziness. I mean, some stability. Joe Cullen, the defensive coordinator, by the way, was there was some staff that was held on even when they fired Urban Meyer. Uh, he has now been let go. So we'll see who the defensive coordinator ends up being for the Jacksonville Jaguars and see what kind of a, okay. uh, you know, what, what kind of a, a staff Doug Peterson brings along with him. But yeah, a, an adult in the room, a veteran NFL coach that has won he played in the nfl this isn't a college guy yeah, this yeah. isn't like a well big name hope it works out he's had success in the league so to be honest with you of, of all the names and, and everything the, the way this entire offseason has gone with the jacksonville jaguars i feel like yeah that's a pretty good end result for what could have happened there for the jaguars right Right, right. I mean, um, you and I were talking off the air about Trent Balky. I mean, it sounds like, you know, having him involved has turned some candidates off. Do we know that Balky's going to be there, you know, going forward? I'm not sure that that's settled at this point. Um, I think there's still uh, some meetings from what I saw. Yeah. There was a report that they're going to meet about that. And, and, and Trent Balky's not out of the woods yet, which would be odd timing because he should have just been gone originally. And maybe they could have gotten, uh, uh, you know, Leftwich turned it down. Is it, it, you know, there's reports that it's because of Balky and because of the GM situation. Is Khan eventually just going to say, oh, yeah, you know what? All right, none of the candidates won bulky, so let's let's go get a different different GM that that meshes with our new head coach. Um, but clearly, that was a hindrance in the process as well. 
Yeah, it sure sounds like it. And, you know, remember we were talking about available coaching openings and, you know, some of the criteria that I would look at. Well, you know, the ownership culture, people at the top is really bad there. I mean, just because of the track record, the losing culture. Um, I don't know if if the owner is a good guy, a bad guy, but he hasn't been a good owner for winning teams. I know that or hiring people. But the division and the quarterback, to me, are very appealing, as well as the draft capital. I mean, first overall pick and some cap space, as usual. Um, you know, Lawrence is very, very appealing. I look at the AFC South and think, you know, are the Colts settled at quarterback? I don't think so. Uh, they very well could be back in the market there. And is Tennessee built for the long haul? And I think they're going to lose more than they gain this year. And Houston's a bottom feeder. So, if you can get this thing rolling and develop Lawrence, I could see you taking over the division shortly. Yeah, it, it's funny. It's a sneaky good job because yeah, of yeah. having a quarterback in place. And Shad Khan, things haven't gone well for him as owner of the Jaguars, but it's been different. It's been him just making bad decisions. And as long as he gets a head coach GM right, he could be out of the way, and he wants and to win. Move out. Yeah, and, right. and then that could be a, an awesome situation. It's very different than you know. It's not like that. He was paying his trying to pay his head coach to lose games and stuff. You know, <laughs> right. there's more dysfunction right, right. around the league than the Jaguars. He's just made some bad decisions, and so if he gets this right, I mean, this could be an awesome situation in the in that division for the Jaguars. And so we'll see if Doug Peterson is that guy. Got a really good young, talented quarterback. So for Doug Peterson, a big win for him too. Yeah, I mean, he needs to change the culture there, obviously develop you know a young quarterback but there's few that i would rather try to develop than lawrence again the division's very appealing um it is a sneaky good job i mean unless this thing is broken beyond repair that we can't figure out from where we sit just want to read the statement really quick from shad khan on the hiring of Doug Peterson. He said, quote, Doug Peterson four years ago won a Super Bowl as head coach of a franchise in pursuit of its first world championship. I hope Doug can replicate that magic here in Jacksonville. But what is certain is his proven leadership and experience as a winning head coach in the National Football League. It's exactly what our players deserve. Nothing less. Combine his combine this with his acumen on the offensive side of the ball. And you have why I am proud to name Doug Peterson the new head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know our fans will warmly welcome Doug and his family to Duval, and I personally look forward to having Doug as part of everything we envision for the team, downtown, and community in the years ahead. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's all logical. I mean, again, frankly, I mean, I didn't plan on going down this road, but a minority hire wouldn't have broke my heart or others out there. I mean, Coach Tomlin here in Pittsburgh is the only African-American, true African-American head coach in the league right now. I mean, yeah. so yeah, that's mind-boggling to me. Someone told me that yesterday. I was like, wow, you're right. I mean, Robert Salah is not 100% African-American. And, you know, whatever. I didn't plan on going down that road, but I just want to mention it because I heard that yesterday and went, wow, he really is. That's bonkers. But um, it does seem like a very solid, stable hire. Here's the other report about the GM situation from Dan Graziano of ESPN. He says, Super Bowl champion coach Peterson back after a year out of the NFL. Former Vikings GM Rick Spielman remains in talks with the Jaguars for a position in the front office. Unclear Mm. what this would mean for the future of Trent Baalke. So is he interviewing for the GM position or is he going to be, you know, director of personnel behind GM Trent Balky, or maybe you keep Balky as GM and you go Spielman as president, kind of go over the yeah, top say, of Balky without firing president. him, kind of thing. Yeah, 
Yeah, that, that's interesting. He'd be a good addition to that team, though. I thought he did a pretty decent job at the Vikes. And again, the adult in the room that's been there and done it, and we don't need flash and, you know, a, a leadoff double would be great here. We don't need to swing for the fences. A walk would be fine. <laughs> Two more notes on Trent Baalke, just because I know him so well. Uh, I bet he was probably telling Shad Khan, hey, let's not, let's not hire a, a college coach. Right. After seeing what happened with probably. him and Jim Harbaugh in San Francisco, even though it started to go well, uh, and then Urban Meyer. So that's probably some of the advice from Trent Baalke. And how about this? Speaking of draft, and we can use this to jump off into the, the Senior Bowl coverage here today. Jacksonville Jaguars. I, I haven't looked at your mock draft. You sent it to me, Matt. I know it's done, mm-hmm. but I haven't looked at who's where. If you don't have Jamison Williams, Alabama wide receiver, or Torres ACL, if you don't have his name next to the Jacksonville Jaguars, if Trent Baalke is the GM for this draft, then you're doing it wrong. <laughs> just because he, he's just too attracted to Team the, ACL, the knee, it's, yeah. he's going to drop to a point where the Jaguars can swoop, and I think you know, get, you know, know, helping out their young quarterback with some talent will probably be one of the things they'll be looking at doing in this draft. Well, so they need that's, a wideout. Uh, we're sitting here in February. Yep, Team ACL. He's going to end up a Jag in some way, shape, or form. Absolutely. Huh? Mark it down. <laughs> Mark it down. You Maybe know they trade from that you know, first pick in the second round and package a bunch of stuff up and go get them. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Kind of go up from round two type of thing. Um, do, That's his type of guy. Yep. You got a bad knee, I'm all ears. Are we doing the mock draft Monday? Sure. Okay. You know, we're, we're, um, I'll probably watch the Senior Bowl over the weekend as well. Um, the practices are a little more yes. exciting than the game, too. Yeah. Most people we'll leave. We'll see where but... that leads us. Most of the people who are evaluators leave the Senior Bowl after the practices are over. The game is just an afterthought, and, and uh, it'll be fun to watch oh, all the, the game scouts as well. are gone. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll do mock draft Monday. Maybe, okay. uh, yeah, Sounds good. We'll have at least one mock draft probably per month. You'll do one. I'll do one, and and we'll before you know it, we'll be at the NFL draft. So we'll start off with a, a mock draft Monday next Monday, and I won't look at it yet. I'll give you some time if you want to revise it and put and and. Uh, and use my advice there and plug. I'm sure I'll change it a lot. I mean, <laughs> even last year, I looked at the one I did this time last year and the first couple of picks, you kind of knew, you know, Lawrence Wilson, you know, you knew quarterbacks were going to go high. Mm-hmm. I, I think this one is going to get dumped on its head and get changed over and over. Absolutely. And I think yeah. uh, it was pretty clear watching senior bowl practices that that's going to be the case because I don't think anybody can agree on who the best quarterback is going to be, let alone where any of these quarterbacks should land. So let's start there. Let's talk senior bowl. Okay. We'll start with the quarterbacks that were in mobile next. NFL fans, there is an incredible app. Everyone who buys gas needs to know about, and it is called get upside. Our listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app from the App Store, Google Play, wherever you get your apps right now. And use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 per gallon or more on your first fill-up cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back with Get Upside. It's super easy. You open the app, you look at the map, you say, I'm going to get gas there. It's probably the place you're going to get gas anyway. And... You claim your cash back, it's easy. You go, fill up, get gas, and that cash back goes right into your account. It's free money into your bank account for doing something you are already going to do, like get gas. Cash out anytime. No catch whatsoever. It goes right into your GetUpside account. Then you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, e-gift card, Amazon card, other brands, whatever card you want. Give a gift to somebody with the cash back you get, or just buy more free gas with that cash back 
with the GetUpside app. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents or more per gallon back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN with the GetUpside app. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march toward the big game. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, news, not only football either. It's not always about, I know for a lot of our listeners, it's about football all the time. But BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, live real-time updates of current games, as well, and casino games. You, know, you want to play a little poker and blackjack while you're waiting to find out if you made some cash on one of the games going on? Well, you can do all of that at Bet Online. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new and amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, Matt, let's talk Senior Bowl here. By the way, Super Bowl coverage on the network. Check out the Locked On NFL crew, Locked On Rams crew, Locked On Bengals crew, all at Radio Row, all live Super Bowl week, along with our coverage here on the podcast of the Super Bowl. But it's Senior Bowl talk today, Matt. On the positive side of things, a lot of the quarterbacks were at the Senior Bowl, Matt. So that makes it a little bit easier for evaluators, right? Because they get to see these guys compete all week and you get to see them play. And there were some elements and some rain that happened during one of the practices. So, you know, hand size comes into play and all those types of of conversations. So let's start with quarterback. Matt, do you have a, a quarterback that you think is going to be QB1 in this class? Or do you really think it's going to be, uh, depending on the team, it, it could be anybody? And do you think one of the quarterbacks in Mobile at the Senior Bowl this week, help themselves go to the top of the line at quarterback? Mm, the guys I would well, – first of all, there were six quarterbacks there. All of them will get drafted. Bailey Zappi from Western Kentucky is not in the top of the list category. He's probably a fourth-rounder, limited arm strength, so I don't really want to focus on him. So the other five and Matt Corral are all kind of fighting for the pecking order in the top six. And – there's a lot of beauty in the eye of the beholder here. I mean, some of these guys are on the short side. Um, uh, uh, Carson Strong from Nevada has to clear um, medical concerns with his knee, although it looked like he moved around pretty well at the Senior Bowl, at the practices, but the combine will be huge for him. Uh, you mentioned these guys had to deal with pretty severe weather on Wednesday and even Thursday in their indoor it's really just covering. It's not an indoor. There was wind there, too, but th- that wasn't as big a deal. But I do think um, Kenny Pickett didn't do great. You know, mentioned hand size in the weather on Wednesday. I thought Strong and Malik Willis did the best in that environment. I think Willis um, from Liberty, if people don't know yet, it probably raised his stock the most. And right now he's my quarterback one. I don't know if he'll be quarterback one in the league's eyes. Again, a lot of these guys are, you know, beauty in the eye of the beholder. I thought Desmond Ritter bumped up his stock a little bit too, but we can go through all five of them if you want and just kind of give a little thumbnail. And again, I'm still learning too, but I'm Absolutely. learning quickly. Let's start with Malik Willis. You mentioned him okay. out of Liberty, small school guy. He transferred to a small school and six feet. So I, I think size-wise, he is looked at a negative. If Malik Willis was 6364, I think he'd clearly be the number one quarterback in this draft. And you know, where he went to too. school was part of it. But he passed thresholds. 
Nine and a half inch hands. Check check that off. Um, he was over six feet, six feet and three eighths weighing in at the, at the uh, Senior Bowl. Check that off. Two twenty. He's thick. I mean, he's he's heavier than some of the guys who were, who were taller than him. So he's um, built really well, yes. almost like a Russell Wilson, like a running back almost. Very much. Thick yeah. Calves, and you know, he's a well built guy and more athletic than Russell Wilson. Like he's yes. he's of all of these quarterback prospects he's got the most dynamism with his, both his arm and his athleticism which I agree 100%. with you I think he ends up being QB1 in this class now I don't think any of these quarterbacks necessarily climb all the way up into the top 10 and maybe he ends up not being the first quarterback but I do think this week just seeing him versus all the other quarterbacks knowing his athleticism his height and traits he passed thresholds for hand size and and height and, and, and clearly weight and those things for for teams so I don't think there's as many hurdles for Malik Willis even though he's coming out of a small school like Liberty and he's been on the radar for a while so it's not like he was coming out of nowhere in a, in a small school so I think Malik Willis helped himself a lot and solidified himself in the first round where in the first round is the question for me yeah I mean big picture not to disagree with you I'm just throwing it out there that the top of this draft is so bad you know and, and that sounds terrible but I mean like Hutchinson and Thibodeau and Hamilton I mean they're all fine prospects but Many people have told me no one from this draft would would made a, would have been a top ten pick last year. So it just screams to me that the tackles and the quarterbacks might get pushed up more than we even realize. You know, just because mm. there isn't the sl- oh, I'll just take Bosa or Garrett. You know, I mean Jalen Ramsey. You know, the, the surefire position players. So why not roll the dice on a quarterback? And Willis to me is the one. If someone's getting going to flirt with the top of the draft, it's him. And th- for the same reason that he's number one for me, and, this, and as you mentioned, the dynamicism is just – I'm going to – my quarterback evaluations now are who can hit the biggest? You know, I mean, who, who can compete with Allen and Mahomes and those guys if they hit? Is this going to be like the 2014 draft where Blake Bortles kind of got pushed all the way up to number three and it never felt right? Or even the year before that, I think it was 2013, right? Where uh, the first quarterback taken was EJ Manuel, 16 overall. Yeah, right, right. In the right. middle of the first round. It just, already, already, there was no first round quarterbacks in, in that class in 2013, right? And this might be that. It's like, well, there has to be a quarterback that goes early, right? So does, does that end up being. Malik Willis by default or maybe another team falls in love with another prospect and say well look this is where we're drafting 16 so this is where we're going to take our quarterback and we like this guy so let's go that's what I think is going to happen I mean Denver Washington Pittsburgh New Orleans you know on and on and on are all going to be in this market and I think this class is, I'm warming up to this class you know you mentioned the EJ Manuel class that was just a terrible group you know I mean even at the even at the time of the draft we kind of rolled our eyes at EJ Manuel, let alone looking back at the draft. Where this one, I think there's probably five or six starters. There's just not a Lawrence. Yeah, so, so maybe more like that 2014 right. class, the, the the Blake Bortles. The you know, there's a Jimmy Garoppolo out there, a Teddy Bridgewater out there. Carr uh, was in that class. A Derek Carr, right? Exactly. And right, actually, right, how right. about this for Bridgewater comps? What about Kenny Pickett as this year's Teddy Bridgewater? Where you can't put a finger on Teddy two gloves. Yeah, he's wearing the gloves, right? He out he was out there in the <laughs> rain at practice with the gloves. You know Kenny Pickett from the Pittsburgh area. So tell us about Kenny Pickett. Could he potentially be QB one? Yeah, tons of experience. Uh, went back the extra year. A lot of these prospects this year are going to be a little bit older because of COVID. They went back to school. Um, very efficient. Um, very smart, competitive. Te- teammates love them. Enough size, you know, 6'3 and a quarter. Some of these guys are shorter, as I mentioned. 
not you know hugely built, but it looks like he's big enough and probably will put on another five or so. Uh, very accurate with the football. Hand size is the big thing with him. Did you hear any of this story about him not getting his hands measured? Yeah, so (laughs) that was the big thing I looked for. The first thing I looked for was Kenny Pickett's hand size when I saw the the weigh-ins rolling in, and he didn't even measure his hands because – uh, he said he, he says it's because he's double jointed in his thumb and he wanted to do some exercises, to make sure you got the right measurement out there. But there's yes. uh, we talked about Malik Willis. Nine and a half is where teams want you to be. But uh, you got to be at least over nine. And I think it's maybe nine and a quarter is really what, what the cutoff is. And so Sam Howell actually out of North Carolina, nine and an eighth inch hand size starts to get pretty small. And it's harder to throw an NFL ball than a college ball. So yeah, it might not even show its its head that much in college. And you might have a problem, much more of a problem with the, the NFL ball than the college ball. But we're talking, like, I've heard like eight something for Kenny Pickett. And for, for a quarterback That's to be boring. under nine inches is, is almost unheard of because quarterbacks are big handed dudes because it's important to be able to control the football to even get to the level where you're a high end recruit coming out of high school. Absolutely. And I, I know it sounds petty, but I believe in it, to be honest with you. But I mean, if he goes to New Orleans and plays in a dome and mm-hmm. doesn't have a lot of weather to deal with, okay, he'll probably be fine. I mean, Joe Burrow's right around nine. Tannehill's right around nine. You know, there's there, there's some instances where it works. Don't get me wrong. Uh, they highlighted this during the coverage. Of, by the way, ESPN did very good coverage this year, and, and you could get it on ESPNU and two and all that stuff. Um, but the only quarterback in recent memory, in decades, who had success with hands under nine inches was Michael Vick. And he was kind of a unique athlete, to say the least, too. You right, know, yeah. like he was at like eight and a half. It's surprising. I didn't remember that when he came out. But you're right. Pickett did not have his hands measured. And I forget who the other quarterback did this a couple of years ago and waited to the combine because they're doing these stretches and exercises and trying to get an extra eighth of an inch or a quarter of an inch. And I, I insert dirty joke here, you know, um, <laughs> but he does have some kind of double jointed thumb issue that is doctor verified that's a rare situation where he still gets more of his hand on the ball than his actual palm from thumb to pinky shows up. I, I don't exactly understand it, but whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but it, it's like, so the question becomes, well, then why do you wear a glove on your hand if your hands are big enough and it's not a factor? Sure. That, that's the big question I have. And so and his big rebuttal is, well, I played a pit. I'm used to weather. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> The college season's over so early, though. It's not like you deal with that many bad weather games. Who made who lost money? We'll finish up the quarterback conversation. At the quarterback position, Desmond Ritter, there was reports that he had a bad first day, then rebounded really well on day two, and I was a fan of Desmond Ritter. If I'm looking for a quarterback, I might you know wait till the second round to go Desmond Ritter, then jump all over Pickett or Willis in the first round, potentially. Um, any, any, any strong feelings positive or negative from the rest of this quarterback group at the combine or at the uh, a, a lot of positive on Ritter past that first day I mean Tuesdays for quarterbacks are almost impossible to succeed you know I mean you just met all these guys people run the wrong routes and they blame you for not being accurate and you know you got to kind of call the plays in the huddle after just getting there so improvement throughout the week and Ritter showed that uh, Willis showed that Ritter's lean though I mean it, he has some accuracy issues. When he misses, he misses bad. 6'3", 207. I mean, he kind of looks like a wide receiver. 
Yeah, and so Kenny Pickett looks slim, and he's 6'3 and he a does. quarter, 221. Desmond Ritter's 6'3", 207. So that's how skinny he is in, in comparison to some of these guys. And, um, you know, he's Desmond Ritter is athletic as well. And there's a lot of guys with, like, with kind of some athleticism in this in this classic quarterback. They kind of have a little bit of everything, but nobody wows you in one way or the other. Malik Willis is the, the standout as far as, I think, right. raw tools. Um but it's it's yeah. So Malik Willis is practically a linebacker at six feet two twenty compared to Desmond Ritter at six three two oh seven. Those are two very different body types for a quarterback. Extremely, extremely, and that worries me a little bit about Ritter. It really worried me about Zach Wilson a year ago, and I'm not sure he's out of the woods with that. Um, but I'm impressed with Ritter. I mean, again, I think he's probably an NFL starter. Carson Strong, I think, made money. Um, everyone talks about him being a stiff and talking about the knee. He did some scramble stuff. I mean. He's not going – I think if people are playing man coverage on third and six, he can pick up the six, slide, and move the chains. You know I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a total stiff in the pocket that looked like Roethlisberger last year or something. I mean, and he <laughs> should only get more and more mobile as the knee gets more you know, in better shape. And several good sources told me most quarterbacks wouldn't have even come back this year after his knee surgery. He just wanted to play and knew that his tape wouldn't be as good. And he played on like 75% or whatever of a bad knee. So some of his tape in college is a little compromised. So some teams a little shy away because of a knee. Some teams might say this guy's tough and played through it. We like that about him too. So that that could definitely go either way. So it's hard to know. And I think arm strength wise, he's second behind Willis. I think so, yeah. yeah, and it certainly makes all the throws. Traditional pocket passer. Frankly, if he came out in 1985, maybe he'd be the first pick in the draft. You know what I mean? Right, exactly. Last one, Sam Howell. I'm kind of the lowest on Sam Howell. He weighed in very similarly to Malik Willis, six feet and a quarter, 221 pounds. Uh, I, I, kind of built like Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. actually a really yeah. good comp for, for how he looks on the field. And I know he's been highly ranked for a long time, but every time I watch him, I'm just kind of like, eh, okay, but I, I'm not excited to draft him and say he's the future of our franchise. Yeah, he had a much better year two years ago, but he lost Javante Williams, Michael Carter, Denami Brown, uh, the slot receiver from North Carolina, I forget his name off the top of my head, but he was a fourth-round pick or so, too. Uh, Newsom, I think his name was. Um, and didn't get nearly as much help this year. Yeah, yeah that's Newsom. who it was. Slot guy. You know, he's a good college player, of course. And Hal did a lot more running this year. And he's a good runner. I mean, he's not Willis, but he's a good runner, and he's really physical. I mean, he'll lower his head and you know run like a running back and doesn't just you know duck out of bounds time and time again. Really good deep passer, but you do kind of get this something's kind of missing with him guy, you know, like nothing really blows you Mm -hmm. away. Wish he was a little taller. Um, Again, I I think he's certainly in the first round mix, though. I think all these guys are strong Mm -hmm. to me is the one most likely to be a second, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know how that's going to shake out. I just know quarterbacks get bumped up. Quarterbacks get bumped up, but there's not enough for all of them to go in the first round. So I'm interested to see Monday in your mock draft which ones you think did get into the first round. So we'll check in with Matt Williamson's mock draft number one Monday. Next, let's talk about the rest of the position groups at the Senior Bowl. Who were the big winners? Who made themselves some money in Mobile? Do you want 15% off your next box of Built Bars? Well, I'm going to let you know in a second how to do that. Built Bars are the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. 100% real chocolate. 100% 
delicious, and some very new flavors at Built.com as well right now. How about churro puffs are back? Only 140 calories in the churro puff flavor with 17 grams of protein. Uh, we got coconut marshmallow flavor, coconut brownie chunk, peanut butter, my favorite, raspberry, mint brownie, cookies, and cream. Flavors for everyone at Built.com. If you're not sure what flavor to get, you can get an 18-bar mix box or build your own box and choose the flavors of bars you want in your box of Built Bars. Oh, yeah, and you can get 15% off of the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, low in sugar, low in net carbs, yet high in protein. It is good for you. You can feel good about it eating built bars replace all of your snacks and all your secret snack hiding places with built bars and get 15 percent off at built.com with promo code locked 15 that is promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com matt who was your big winner was there one prospect at any position you looked at and was like man okay this guy made himself the most money in mobile maybe went from someone who look if you're invited to to the senior bowl you're probably going to be you know in the mid-round mix at some point who went from mid-round to oh this guy's maybe going to get his name called on the first day quite a few of them and first of all because some of it's because i'm just meeting these guys you know i've just seen their names i haven't scouted them really watched them um, of course, with my Steeler background, I focused on quarterbacks and offensive linemen a little bit more than the other positions. But there's a couple D linemen, edge guys in particular, mm-hmm. that were real standouts to me. Um, Houston's Logan Hall. He's like 6'6", 275, kind of a Cam Jordan type, you know, can play all over the line of scrimmage. He was really difficult to block. Uh, Florida State edge guy Jermaine Johnson. Uh, he transferred from Georgia to Florida state started the week really, really well. And, uh, I think he had an injury or something and didn't finish out the week, but he was a total stud. I want to stop you right there because Jermaine Johnson's the one that I think, uh, just from everything I've seen and watching a little bit of it, and I I think he was probably the big winner because he, he hits everything. I mean, he weighed in six four three eight two hundred sixty two hundred fifty nine two sixty pounds. He's he was listed six five two sixty five, and you always wonder how guys are going to show up. And yeah, he could be right there. He can play at two sixty five in the NFL, no problem. A little under six five. Oh, yeah. um, long wingspan, long arms. He was over thirty four inches in arm length, which is so huge for an edge player to keep those offensive linemen off of you. Um, you know, big hands and athletic. He's gonna he's gonna work out well at the combine from from everything we've heard. And he he was just the best player I think in Mobile and made him the most money and you're looking at a guy who jumped into round one uh late round one every team is looking for an edge rusher Jermaine Johnson fits a lot of schemes I think uh, he made a ton of money at Florida State you mentioned Hall that size 6'6 275 one of the things that I think we get wrong as lay people you know uh, as evaluators you're looking at the draft you see a guy who's a little undersized and you you fall in love with the athleticism NFL people love size and and, it, oh, yeah. and you always you go oh wow okay this guy went uh, who was the the defensive lineman out of I think it was Iowa two years ago and he was we went late first round to the Buffalo Bills. Um, uh, oh yeah, he was second rounder I think, or maybe early uh, second round. Yeah, and he's you know six five two ninety one of those guys, and it was like man during the draft fell process the line, he right. fell a lot because oh man the athleticism is not there. Team lo- teams love size, and so yeah. don't 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 uh, sleep on guys who 
meet the criteria of this guy can hold up against the run in the NFL and has size. So I think it's it's clear not to just highlight all the guys who look good in one-on-ones because they're super athletic. You need to be tough. You need to hold up against the run and have some size in the NFL and the defensive line. So uh, those guys are going to go very high. And, and, and I think every mock draft has too many skill guys and not enough big linemen almost every single year. And the big people go a lot higher than people project. 100%. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of people still abide by the Bill Parcells method of just give me the biggest, toughest dudes I can and, mm-hmm. you know, move them all over the place and figure out what to do with them at that point, which leads me to a really interesting guy here is offensive tackle Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa. He was, he's huge. I mean, he is a really big six, seven ish type guy and excelled in the one-on-ones. I mean, I love the big men one-on-ones at the senior bowl. I think that's the highlight of the week for sure. I think he's now clearly the fourth tackle and maybe closer to the top three. There's three that could go in the top 10 um, than he is, you know, fighting for the fifth spot. But he is, he's an asshole. I mean, he is <laughs> to the point. In the best I mean, way, starting right? Fights, That's a huge compliment. I, I mean, he's the goon on the hockey rink. I mean, he's, he, the one uh, rep he had, the, he pushed the, the the edge guy well past the pocket. You know how they do it in the end zone there at the outdoor stadium, mm-hmm. and then shoved them into the goalpost afterwards. And the one time <laughs> he knocked the dude down, and just shoved his, his his big paw in the back of the guy's head while he was down. And I mean, dirty, nasty. I mean, that's what he was like at Northern Iowa too. And remember, they had Spencer Brown last year, so it's two tackles in a row. I wonder if it's too much. Like he's like the the bad guy in WWE. He's he's too much of a heel. He might he might have to tone it right. down a little bit. Uh, I think it's probably better to have to ask a guy to tone it down than to try to motivate a player. You know, offensive line coaches are looking at that and saying, "Hell yes, Trevor Penning is oh, my guy." I'm putting a sticker next to that guy's name. Oh, trust me. I mean, my Steeler show. We're like, oh, if he's there at twenty, we gotta have him. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Love the guy. I mean, everyone wants to, but. He plays like that. He's going to get a lot of penalties, and people are take cheap. I mean, like he's taking it a little far, a little far. playing it up a little bit. The the rock, rowdy Roddy Piper type, you know. I mean, but I'm, and we'll see how he works out. But size wise, man, uh, out of Northern oh. Iowa, and that's the big thing. You want to see a guy from Northern Iowa, some smaller school prospects, go up against guys from the SEC and and hold their own and look good. And he's not afraid of that challenge clearly. But six six and three quarters, almost six seven, three hundred thirty pounds, long arms, thirty four and three quarter inches, big hands, ten. Uh, 10 and a quarter inch hands, which anything over 10 is just pretty darn big mitts. Oh, so yeah, he's, huge. Um, he's absolutely looks the part. He absolutely does. Um, a defensive, the defensive tackle group was a lot better than I expected, but the star there is George's Devonte Wyatt. And um, there's a lot of, I mean, that defense is loaded as everyone knows. And there's a lot of front seven guys that kind of overshadowed him. And he's really a, Aaron Donald, Warren Sapp, three technique type. And that's not really how Georgia plays. A lot of times they just want to eat up space with their big linemen and let their awesome linebackers run and hit. But when you see him explode off the ball, I think he's making a lot of money for himself because he's able to do what he's more suited to do. And he's well over 300 pounds. I think I don't have his height and weight in front of me, but he's um, expected to run like a 4-7. I mean, like he's a freak athlete for a three technique. Oh, wow. Okay. I didn't realize yeah. he was uh, that athletic, too, on top That's of That's what it, they're so. expecting. 
and I, I heard really good things about Wyatt all week. And I actually mm-hmm. asked the 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 our, our locked on folks that were down there and and go check out Locked On NFL Draft by the way. And uh, there was a roundtable, and I think the network had eight or nine guys that were down in Mobile, and yeah. um, they had a little roundtable. And I asked the question, "Who's the one player?" you would want to have your back in a fight that was down there. And uh, I think the most common answer was Devontae Wyatt from Georgia. Okay. Um, I certainly would be interested in Penning. Penning, yeah, I exactly. <laughs> mentioned, yeah. Um, and there's a couple D linemen, too, that won't be first-rounders. Again, I had my Steeler nose tackle scouting eye on. Travis Jones from UConn. Um, scrolling through the list here. John Ridgeway from Ar- Arkansas is certainly someone you do not want to see in the back alley. Um, Perry and Winfrey from Oklahoma was a tough ass too and really energetic and hard to block. So there's a handful of dudes, uh, Mathis from Alabama, that I would, would, would battle for that spot of who do you at least want to fight? I don't have any names to throw out there from the secondary. I think that I think those players, the the defensive backs, you can make yourself a lot of money if you're competitive, but it's you're, mm-hmm. you're it's so so skewed against you in the one on ones in that situation. So it's you tough. always you always come away more impressed with the wide receivers than the DBs in a lot of ways. Uh, one more name of winner this week: interior offensive lineman Zion Johnson from Boston mm. College, guard. Um, I think he'd probably swing in and play some center for you as well. Uh, huge hands, ten and seven eighths inch hands. But yeah, like, you know, low to the ground, wide, strong, won a lot of reps there. So he was impressive to me. And ta- speaking about those Probably. skill guys, I don't think it's a great running backs class in general. No. I think running backs are just going the way of the dodo anyway. And I think great athletes are getting pushed to other positions a lot of times, which which hurts ongoing running back classes and it seems like every year is some phenomenal wide receivers class and this is a really good class as well so I don't know if any of these guys are going to go necessarily round one but I thought North Dakota State Christian Watson 6'4 legit 6'4 flat 211 pounds big 10 inch hands he was winning all over the place nobody won more than him he could win short and deep he's even though he's 6'4 I think he's got a little bit of shorter legs which helps him in the short area more than you would expect and uh, by the way the Niners just drafted his quarterback from North Dakota State, number three overall. Maybe a maybe a reunion, sort of like a. And I was joking with the the yeah. Locked On Bengals guys this week. Trey Lance and Christian Watson, North Dakota State reunion, maybe with the 49ers. And I was saying that's a better combination than Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase from LSU with the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals. Um, obviously joking in that regard, but he's an interesting name. Made himself a lot of money and probably went from you know a day three prospect to a day two prospect at least. Yeah, hundred percent. He definitely stood out. Um, you know, long, you know, for sure. I want to go back to Zion Johnson real quick. Um, I think he's right there with Green from Texas A and M to be the first guard drafted. Certainly in the first round conversation. Doubt he gets out of the top forty. Um, you mentioned center. He had never played center before, and the center class is really bad after Linderbaum, from what I understand. So they they had Zion do some center stuff at Senior Bowl and. Uh, seemed okay with it. I mean, I didn't study every snap he made. Uh, he played some left tackle at Boston College too, just because they needed. He was their best player, but boy, he looks like a stud guard to me. And he's another one. His body, you know, kind of the body type we talked about with Willis. I mean, he has very little fat on his body. He looks like a three hundred ten pound running back. I mean, he is a built <laughs> yeah. guy, big, strong calves. You know, I mean, he's um, very, very impressive. I, I think he's going to be a long time starter in the league. 
One more wide receiver, Calvin Austin, third out of Memphis. Mm. He's only 5'7 and 3'8, so he's small, 173 pounds, so he's not going to go super early. But he's got return experience, and he was beating everybody, too. And, and he can flat-out fly. We're talking a 4'3 guy here. Um, but he could win at multiple levels of a, uh, of a route tree as well. So I was impressed by Calvin Austin just because of his size. I don't think he's going to go super early, but some team's going to love him and want to draft him in you know the fourth round, maybe even the third round, who knows, and say, well, this guy's a kick returner, and we can put him on offense, and he can do some things we've seen some really small and light receivers go pretty early in recent drafts so I think teams are a little bit less worried about some size at some of these positions than they used to be and you know you can't rough receivers up like you used to so Calvin Austin it's going to be interesting he's dynamic as heck but super small Uh, see if a team falls in love with him yeah and really good player and you're 100% right with everything you said unbelievably electric um, very small but you're right the league has made life on these guys a little easier than it used to be. I mean, you, you can scheme up some free releases and you can't bully these guys at the line of scrimmage like you used to. But th- to your earlier point, this is the environment where these type of guys just shine. I mean, one-on-ones with two-way goes. I mean, no one has a chance to cover these dudes. And, the, you know, and then the quarterbacks hold the ball for five seconds. And, you know, it, so there, there's a lot that goes on at the senior bowl that doesn't, quite translate to the league like I remember watching like Andy Isabella and it would take him like a second and a half to get off the line he'd be doing all this all these little moves (laughs) and and meanwhile his quarterback's getting hit you know I mean like you can't dance like you can in these environments in the real world absolutely and Andy Isabella that's why I never really understood because he was very fast in a straight line, but he was small right. and short, and he also was a little locked up in his hips. He, he was a little straight line-ish with his athleticism. He wasn't a yeah, super yeah. loose athlete, so I think that hurt him as well in, in trying to run routes, and, and you know, he's basically like a, a five-foot-eight nine route guy and I, so I, I never exactly, really got right. the Isabella work. thing and, and it ended up not working for him in the NFL and if you're going to be that size you better be able to return kicks and Austin can so I think that, that oh yeah Scott, he, he his, doesn't his have case. any hip issues that's for sure yeah. he's very loose and electric yeah <laughs> uh, any other names before we go here Matt uh, how about Trey McBride Colorado State tight end not super tall I'm pulling up his numbers now he's 6'3 and an eighth, 247 but he really plays big. He really bodies guys up and goes up and snatches the football better than most tight ends do. Highly productive, um, good blocker, big hands, um, very good route runner. He's going to potentially be the first tight end off the board, probably at best late round one, but he showed up time and time again down there. Yeah, from what I understand, Trey McBride, it wasn't even close. He was the best tight end there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's and, a good class, actually. And look, so he, no he, uh, he, fits, but. he meets thresholds, though. 6'3", 250, that's okay. You yeah. know, and you can split Sorry. him out, and he can probably block some people at that size and, you know, uh, big hands as well. So, yeah, Trey McBride, that's a good one. I'm glad you brought him up. Yeah, no, yeah, he's a good one. No running backs, though, right? I think Brian Robinson out of Alabama was one of the, the answers I got for someone that you'd want it in your back in, during a fight. He's like 6'2", 226 pounds or something. You know, I classic Alabama big running back. Um, but, you know, I just overall, the, the the group at the Senior Bowl and the running back class in general, not super exciting. Did anybody jump out to you there? Um, not avoiding your question. You're 100% right. It's not a good running back class. To be very honest, the Steelers took Najee Harris in the first round last year, so yep, that was I my did. least priority <laughs> to watch, to be very honest with you. And also, I learned my lesson early in my scouting life that running backs at the Senior Bowl, it's almost like they don't they, – they can't really show you anything. <laughs> you know, right, you yeah. can't tackle them. It, it's really hard to get a feel for running backs there 
except for their willingness to pass block. And even then, these linebackers come from like eight yards off, untouched, and you're supposed to pass block them, and they yeah. can do anything they want to. Like, it's more. It's, it's more like, do you have, are you willing to stand in here and and, right. and get crushed right now? That that's kind of the thing. But yeah, I have so seen some off, some running backs make some money just in those drills alone, those pass block drills at the at the Senior Bowl. So. Yeah. All right. It's, it's a bad environment to evaluate running right. backs. And look, yeah. running backs. It's yeah. just go back to the film. You've got hundreds of <laughs> right. runs from them on tape. You, you you shouldn't be shocked by what a running back is at this point. No, no. I think the, the a lot of the haze in the barn there, and you want to get their test numbers, but you yep. you should know who the good ones are by now. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Good stuff. That is the Senior Bowl. It is officially draft season now. For the 2022 NFL Draft, we'll continue on with some draft conversations next week. Some more coaching hires, no doubt. Uh, some free agent notes, some trade rumors, probably. And, of course, breaking down Super Bowl 56. But Monday, it will be Mock Draft Monday. Matt Williamson's Mock Draft. Yeah. Number Super one. Super Bowl week. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Super Bowl week. It is here. It's going to be a lot of fun next week on Peacock and Williamson. Thanks for making us your first listen. For your second listen, you can find Matt doing Locked On Dynasty Football here on the network. I am every day hosting Locked On 49ers. Your team is covered no matter the team, no matter the league here on the network. Baseball, football, basketball, you name it, college. And bets, you want to you wanna talk about the betting world? How about yeah. your boy Q hosting Locked On Bets every day? Expert analysis from Lee Sterling as well. And like every podcast on the network, free and available on all of your favorite podcast apps, Matt and I back tomorrow right here. No, Matt and I back Monday right here. Monday, yep, exactly. Williams.